it's easy to say you swap one. That's that's the usual saying. You swap one addiction for another. You know, no one ever says, "Oh, you swap one pattern of bad behaviour for a pattern of good behaviour." Because it's all an allotment of time. It's whatever you do with that allotment of time. So you could say you're addicted to the phone. You can say you're addicted to whatever you want. If me saying you're addicted to that allows me to validate that what I'm doing is okay and you're different and it's too much exercise is bad and all that shit, then you're never going to get anywhere. So, you know, it's cool for people to say that and they, they're right to, to, to feel that. And I guess the main thing is if you're happy, just do it. So if you're happy not doing anything, then this message or whatever we're talking about doesn't apply to you. I guess you probably concur with me. The main audience that you want to convey the message to is the people that need to hear it and the people that want to hear it and the people that want to be better and know that they're stuck in a rut at the moment and they don't know where to fucking start, but they know they need to do something and they need to to change something drastically in order to get a different outcome in the next 10, 15 years. And that's why I always put all my shit up and just to show that you you just got to stay on the fucking grind. That was endurance athlete Trent Harding, and this is the Running Deep Podcast with me, your host, Kent Mullins. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you that are listening to this right now. Uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, you know, this episode, I've been trying to get um, Trent on for quite a while. Uh, and, and, you know, I think I was talking about this the other day with podcasting. It's, you know, quite easy to record this. It's quite easy to, you know, put it all together. It's just time consuming. But, the you know, the, the biggest challenge of it all is really lining up our timetables um, and, you know, making it all work and making, you know, having, finding time to record this. So, you know, Trent was kind enough to, you know, give me his Wednesday off or Wednesday afternoon off and, you know, we got this done. And, you know, just to shout out and just to get some housekeeping done, uh, this this episode wouldn't have been able to be uh, recorded and filmed if it wasn't for the guys over at Social Lab. So this episode is actually brought to you by Social Lab. They are a social media content creating and uh, marketing strategist company based out of uh, Gold Coast. Uh, so Miami on the Gold Coast. So look, I'll um, put all their details in the show notes uh, on this episode. But yeah, look, this this um this couldn't have been done without them, and you know I am super super grateful to know these guys, and for you know to let them oh, for them to let me use their space. Um, but yeah, look, I hope you guys enjoy this video, uh, and podcast, because you know we do go deep, we do go into not so much Trent as a endurance athlete, because you know that is what he's known for, but more. You know his story, and and how he evolved from a you know, you know, struggling addict, to now one of the best endurance athletes on the Gold Coast. So look, enjoy, have fun, and take what you can. We are on. We're on. Good day, mate. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. What's happening? Trent Harding finally got you here. We made it happen, mate. Finally, 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 after. Shit, a long time. Yeah. 
Um, so basically how I want to roll with this is, as, as I said before, just sort of, you know, you tell us and the listeners uh, about your life and how that sort of progressed into what you're doing now. And yep. for the listeners right now, Trent is a major, major endurance athlete. Uh, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, but yeah, take it away. Just like how, how did it all? How did it all start? And how did we eventuate into endurance sports? Uh, I guess it all started basically. Moved up uh, to the Gold Coast when I was thirteen uh, from Western Sydney. I uh, grew up in Service Paradise. I still live there today. Um, doing the usual things, surfing every day, going to school as little as I could so I could get out and go surfing. Turned eighteen, started drinking, going to the clubs. Started experimenting with drugs, pills, weed. Didn't really like weed. Found the ones that I liked and slowly started... I guess I was enjoying the party lifestyle at that, mm. at that stage from about 18 uh, all the way up till I stopped. But started travelling the world. Um, you know, lived in England for a year in 2008. Um, partied around there. Travelled around Europe, saw heaps of the world. Moved to Thailand in 2012. Lived there for a year, taught English and stuff. Um, filled my passport. Um, to the brim, travelling, enjoying myself. Uh, and then got a missus back here in 2012. Split up from the last one that I was with for like six years. And I guess if we fast forward, obviously the drug use and the alcohol use slowly escalated uh, at the point in time. Statistically, I should be slowing down as I was getting older and more responsible. Uh, I guess the journey all started for me when... Eventually, my missus had enough. We had a we had a two year old daughter, a one and a half year old daughter at the time. Uh, she said, "That's it." You know, she threatened it many times before, but her actions of staying there subconsciously th- allowed me to think that what I was doing was okay because she was still there. You know, and so so was there a lead up like like? Oh, there was heaps of lead ups, man. Like you know, I was doing the wrong thing by myself for a long period of time, and she'd get fed up with that, threatened to leave. You know. It'd be all good again. I'd, I'd probably stay off the piss for a couple of weeks. Oh, I won't do it again. You know, um, broken. With all the intention of not doing it again, right? You know, I'm not consciously aware of this this big problem that I have. So when I say I'm not going to do it anymore, I'm yeah. not lying to you. I actually don't want to do it anymore, right? Didn't have the willpower. I think I, that's just addiction in general. 100%. W- would you say you were... Would you say you're, you were... Addicted. Addicted. 100%. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Anything that you can't s- stay off mm. willingly, I believe, is an addiction, you know? Whatever excuse you want to come up with that it's your fucking birthday or old mate celebrating mm. the birth of his kid or whatever excuse I'm looking Fuck, forward to do I it. I still go through this. Like, I, I'm, I wouldn't say... Because you're, you're three, four <coughs> years sober. Yeah, three years, seven months. Yeah. I, I'm i still going through the motions and I, it's that justification to myself. For example, last week, I'd have to... I, again, I wouldn't... I'm not, I'm not claiming to be sober anymore. Yeah. Um, because I sort of have a... Ha- it's not I sort of... I have a handle on it. And, you know, I went through that real low stage of yeah, you know, just just any excuse. Oh, daughter's birthday. Have a beer. Yeah. Get a bag. Yeah, you definitely. Know? And it was just that sort of... And, and uh, until I took a step back and realised, holy shit, like this has been my life for, for two, three, four, five years yeah. of justification to myself of, I'll take out a drink. Yeah. You know? And I was, it was like I was bored. Um, so, you know, I can fully understand that, like, but was was there a point that you sort of realised this, or was it like? Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's where I was kind of leading to. That so <coughs> threatening that 
you know, I'm done with this, I'm done with this, you know, didn't really see the action of it. And then it was one night um, that she had enough and she's like, I'm not coming back. You know, I thought oh, yeah, it'd be all right. It wasn't until, you know, a couple of days later that she came to grab some of her things and she was gone. She was going. And I knew that it was different this time. And you had the your kid. Yeah, 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 we had the yeah, kid yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So I knew it was different this time because she wasn't angry. You know, when they, she was angry, she was angry, she was angry. Like, yeah. you're a fucking idiot, what are you doing? Da, da. And this time she's like, look, I'm not even angry. Like, I just forced her to, it was enough. Like, it was my fault, right? At the time I didn't realise that, you know. And she left and then literally, I think, a couple of days later, the company I was working for went bankrupt. Yep. So within the space of a week, I'd lost my missus and I'd lost my job. I had a full-time salary-based job as a foreman for a construction company. Yep. That was all gone. And then I remember feeling sorry for myself and getting a glimpse of myself in the mirror before I got in the shower, man. Nude, fucking 101 kilos. Mm. You know, for me, that's 25 kilos overweight. And I was just looking at myself going, you know, is this it, man? Like, mm. you know, like, and that was, I guess, the point where it really forced me to realise that something's majorly wrong. Like, there's a big problem here. And in I'm your gonna life. guess it wasn't sort of like this linear path of, oh, okay, everything gets better now. I'm gonna become an endurance athlete. No, hundred percent. Up and down. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think even before you can have any kind of linear path of any kind of comeback, mm. um, people need to make the realization that there is a problem. First of all, mm -hmm. right? If they don't have a problem with it, then they can't. Um, acknowledge that there is an issue with their life and they're never going to change and they might not want to change and that's why they choose not to, to see it. So being consciously aware that there's a problem, a, a major problem, uh, I'm not feeling good, why is that? My missus left, wanting to blame her, I mean, my company went bankrupt, wanting to blame someone else on that uh, and then looking at myself and getting that glimpse of myself and going, well, we can sit here and blame everyone, mm -hmm. right? Which is easy to do and everyone does it. We've got the excuse to, or we can tell ourselves the truth and say the only cause of this whole fucking issue <laughs> is that fucking fat piece of shit looking at himself in the mirror. Who wants, right? to, who wants to admit that? So first of all, for me personally, it was realising that there was a problem mm. and then taking 100% ownership at the cause of that problem was me and me only. That's it, right? And I guess once I did that, it allowed mm. me to realise that if I was the only person that got myself into this, this whole shit show was created by me, then I'm truly the only person that can get myself out of this, right? And that was kind of the, the, I guess you'd call it the light bulb moment where I was like, fuck. I, I, you know, it, it might seem like it's climbing Mount Everest from now, but I can change it, man. It took me a hell of a long time to get into this mess, mm. you know, from 18 till about 31. It's a slow, linear path. <laughs> I guess you wouldn't be going this way, you'd be going Not this down. way until you got that far into the ground, you couldn't go any further, right? So um, realising if I really wanted to change it, uh, I could. And I guess a big motivator of that was my daughter and realising that she could grow up being raised by someone else, mm. right? And thinking, well, that's better than what you're fucking doing at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Maybe the someone else that raises her might have better values, better morals and actually show her what a good life looks like. And that fucking hurt, man. That yeah. really, really hurt to think that. Uh, and then I realised that I had the chance to be that change. Um, and what was I going to do or what did I want to do to change it? Because it's easy to say, like, when you're fat, you're right, I just want to change. I just want to lose weight. 
That's what not are you going to do about it? What does that look like? Mm. I just want to lose weight. Well, yeah, I just want to do a lot of fucking things. It's not going to happen. Mm. So then I realised that uh, I had to do something about it. So I talk about this a lot. If you're overweight, mm. you want to go to the gym, what do you do? You don't know what you're doing. You, you haven't been to the gym before. You get a personal trainer. Hey, man, like I want to learn how to do these exercises. I need to learn how to do this because mm. I don't know how to do it. And everyone goes, fucking good on you, man. You're going to get a personal trainer. You're going to lose weight. But on the flip side, the, the most important thing I think that we have is between your ears, the mind. Now, when you've got essentially the same thing, like a fat mind, you've, yeah. got, this, you've got this weak mind that is full of all these thoughts that you don't know what to do with, depressive thoughts, you know. We should be going to see a psychologist, right? Yeah. Because he helps teach you what to do with all the thoughts going in your mind, just like a personal trainer would, would help you with the weights. But... <laughs> It's kind of frowned Speaking upon of to language, do. Whereas yeah. if you told me that you're going to go lose weight, most people go, oh, well done. If I told you, you know, you, someone else, most majority of people, I'm going to see a psychologist, man. People go, oh, yeah, good on you, man. Fucking hell, I'm trying yeah. to he's fucking off his head, you know. Yeah. It's it's kind of shunned upon, right? But Not kind of, it is. Yeah, it, is, it is, right? And, you know, the minute you hear mental health referral, you may hear this, you feel like, fucking, I'm not crazy, right? And, and that's a stigma that we've attached to it's having... It's become a, t- a taboo topic, especially with mental health. Yes, yeah, 100%. You, you're either crazy or there's actually something wrong with you. It's mm. not, you know, you go to the gym to train just to feel good. Yep. You go to a therapist to train your brain just to feel good. But people don't see that. They <coughs> just go, okay, mental health is a direct correlation of drugs, alcohol, you're crazy, you're fucked. Correct. And, you know, I, and I think with all the, you know... Um, mental health awareness that's happening, that is completely changing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got a lot of community stuff, like Mind Pack with Matty Palmer. Yep. Um, he's doing amazing things. And especially being in that sports setting, that, yep. um, you know, footy and all that, that's where it really, really gets fucked. Yeah, definitely. Especially with that. So, you know, props to you, Matty, if you're listening to this. Um, hey, mate. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you hit it right on the head. It's become this, you know, he's crazy. Yes. Oh, I just want to feel good. Is that okay? Yep. And then we're all looking outside, you know, what's the word? We're looking at for others' approval um, to feel good where you just need to go do it for you. Yeah, and, and that comes down to another thing. It's like what was happening with the missus. Like I essentially was renting out my love to the missus for her to love me because deep down I didn't fucking love myself mm. you know and it all starts with not in a vein or narcissistic or whatever fucking way it all starts with loving yourself first of all right and if I couldn't love myself because of the position that I was in I was running it out to you so when mm. you have gone I've attached all of my self-worth and everything to you mm. but realizing it was because I didn't have that feeling about myself in the first place you know it was understanding that it all comes everything comes from being happy with where you are and in your own skin and you might not be where you want to be at the moment because of your own actions and and that's mm. okay but realizing that why you can still breathe oxygen into your fucking lungs that there's room to change it man and it's gonna take time you know i lost 25 kilos in just under fucking three months whenever anyone asks me about the weight loss i'm like how long does it take oh man you know? and I've this is what i'm like it, it takes as long as it's gonna fucking take depending on what you want to yeah. do you know what i mean Mm. It's like anything that you want to learn, you know. You could learn it super quick or you could learn it over 10 years' time, yeah. depending on how much you want to apply yourself and how bad you want it, really, at the end of the day. Like a perfect example of that is, you know, you, you hear those hero stories, the kid that gets, well, inherits, million-dollar business, 
billion dollar business and then you've got the guy that worked for it and you know, he's gone through the hardships to, to, to get that billion dollar business up and running and this exactly. kid's just given it to him and he doesn't understand what the other guy went through. So it's, you know, it, when people say, oh, it takes time, it's like anything good and fucking takes 100%. time. And, and on that, the kid that gives a billion dollar business, you know, there's a, there's a saying about the grandfather creates it, the son... Uh, the son keeps it going, and the grandson runs it into the ground. Because, again, oh, that's a um, the Greek. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you know. Gr- I know exactly which one you're talking. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, hard times make weak or some something yeah. like. That. Anyway, keep look, going, yeah. I guess the analogy is like most lotto winners or a lot of wi- lotto mm. winners when they win the money, they go fucking broke, and that's because they haven't earned it. And just like you said, if you build an empire from the ground up, not only have you built that business from the ground up, you've built a fucking resilience in character, a disciplined character, and something that you cannot buy and you cannot create. It's only ever created through hard work, through discipline, and through every single fucking day. Every single day. And you can't cheat that. So, you know, to me, if I could have had the the, the red or the blue pill, the easy pill, at the time when I was fucking 100 kilo weight, bang, I'm taking the easy road, man. But now, you can appreciate with it. all the knowledge that I have, mm. and you offered me that back then, no way. Because... You know, and people do it for their own reasons, but uh, if you are grossly obese and you get half your stomach cut out, that's a great way to lose a fucking large portion of your body mass. But the characteristics... You're still eating shit. In your mind, you've still got a fat mind. Mm. So you're going to look for as much of the shit that you are able to stomach, even though your stomach's Mm. about this big now, you know? You can't change character and you can't change um, the things that you build through going through arduous and hard tasks all the time. It's just something you can't create. So you can only get that from doing it and being it, you know? So uh, I guess, you know, they say that the hardest roads leads to the best destinations, and, and that's true in, in what I've gone through. I, I, I've actually felt that, and um, that's why I'm an advocate to try and tell everyone that, you know, I haven't done any amazing, extraordinary fucking things. I've done a lot of things that have tested me, but... Mm that any one of us can go and do whatever it else it is that you wanted to do. You might want to be a photographer or do a podcast or, or, or be an author or something like that, you know. But you need to stick at something and have a plan. Mm. You need to have a plan. So that's, that takes me back to when I sought help through a therapist. His name's Cliff, Cliff Batley, yeah. a clinical psychologist uh, here on the Gold Coast. I speak about him all the time. Um, and I went in there the first couple of times I went to see him, Prior to this yeah. rock bottom moment, I thought, this is my mindset, right? Knowing it now with hindsight. I've heard about you. You're pretty good. You fucking cost heaps. I'm going to come see you. Yeah. Fix me. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Fix me. Not realising that he's never mm-hmm. going to fucking fix me. It's me that fixes me. Right? He can give you the tools. Yeah, but this is the thing. When you go into somewhere and you go, you got to fix me, right? Or you have that mentality. What his message was coming across wasn't getting through to me because I had the analogy that uh, he's here to fix me, right? Mm. So it didn't work. Then when I went in the last time, I realised that I was here to fix me, but I needed him to show me how to fix me, if that makes sense. And I guess metaphorically, I'd say we all have this toolbox inside our heads. Sometimes we just don't know where the fucking key to the box is. And someone like Cliff allowed me to find the key to open the toolbox that's already inside Mine and all of our minds. Mm. We just might not be consciously aware of it at this point in time, right? So went to start seeing him and basically worked on 
Where do you want to be? What do you want to do? What does it look like? Mm. Start writing things down where you want to be. Mm. Big things and small things. And, and realise that things, you've got to celebrate the small wins, you know. So losing weight, right, it was like a solid few weeks where just nothing was changing. Just, you know, I was, I'm doing everything right, I'm doing everything right, I'm doing everything right, it's not changing. And then bang, you get that one kilo, two kilo, three kilo. And then you start to see the progression and then you get fixated like it's working, you know. Mm. And I just kind of worked tirelessly from then on to, to, to create the person. I guess I knew that I should have been all along. It's funny because you know, a lot of people, they don't see the suffering you went through mentally. No, no one can. No one does and no one will. <coughs> Only you're, you, you are the person that felt that. But then, you know, for example, you, you look at social media and they go, oh, this guy is just an ultra-endurance athlete. That's mm. all he is. That's what he was. That's what I see. Mm. They don't, you know, all it takes is for us to scroll back yep. a tiny bit and go, okay, this is the progression, yeah. And you and you can see it, and and I that again, I love, and, and this is, a, you know, I, I think you're a perfect advocate for this podcast, is because it's it's the hero story, it's the comeback story that you know, a lot of my listeners love. That you know, yeah. the guy that came, not from nothing, or you know, had shit, and then and fought his way back. Yeah, um, well, I guess yeah. you could say I had it all. I had still had the kid, had the missus and everything, mm. but I lost it through my own selfish and fucking shit behavior you know i lost it all but i got it all back and some you know so knowing that you can lose it all you know you can lose it all and, and it's okay to lose it all and you may not get it all back because it may be too far gone yeah. you know every relationship's different every circumstance is different but knowing that you've got the power to be able to claw it all back if you want to do it it'll happen man it, it'll happen like the and the amount of shit that i've done both in my personal life you know physically my work life, my relationship, you know, and then the events on top of that, or, or I guess the challenges I like to call them because it's, you know, a, a events and event, you know, it's more just a challenge for my, you know, my per own personal growth, you know, and you start just doing that and just laser focus on, mm. on being a better you, um, it'll, it'll eventually get better. I, I think that's like a perfect segue into, you know, that, that transition from, you know, that life you had to sports yeah so you 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 were doing muay thai for yeah i did muay thai for about prior to that was about 13 years yeah uh you know i had a few fights had about 16 fights prior to that um spread over from like 2005 to um to the last fight so i guess um i'd done that so i had a bit of a you know i've always been in sport i've surfed i've done mm -hmm. all that kind of shit yep. um so i'd never what I'd never done is actually been fit for an extended period of time. You know, a fight camp for a lot of people, not everyone obviously, so don't, you know, vilify me if this isn't you, but for a lot of us that fought or me personally, we would do six-week fight camp and you'd be militant, 100%, you know, no piss, eating strict diet, losing weight, train six days a week, da -da, get to the fight, win or lose a fight, whatever. Straight after that, it's party time. You've earned that, right? So yeah, this is where I talk yeah. about the finish line, right? So that's the finish line. Start line was at six weeks before finish line's here. And then I go all the way back around way before the start line mm. to get started again, right? So this is called, this is just a cycle, right? I'm never going to actually progress into mm. anything of, of you know, half of what I could truly be. So I guess, um, you know, I knew that I'd done that in the past and that was my pattern of behaviour in the past, so... 
one of the first goals after to lose the weight. Wanted to lose the weight, then wanted to have a comeback fight. Hadn't had a fight in four years. I'd lost by knockout to the same guy twice in a row. Yeah. That was my last two fights. Got stopped both times. And I hung that around with me, you know. Fucking, you know, you washed up. You fought, yeah, all the shit that you, you tell yourself. And so I wanted to come back and have a fight. So got down to the weight. Um, long story short, come back. Had a fight. Won um, in the first round. Couldn't have gone any better. Had all my mates, my family, fucking everyone there. It was amazing. You know, and then I got out of the ring after it all died down. The photos, fuck, talking to everyone. Got out the back, and I was just fucking charged up, fucking that charged yeah. on just endorphins. Yeah. And I remember saying, like, "Someone get me a fucking drink." You know, that was my habitual mind yeah. spitting it out, and I said it. I remember saying it, like, so was, where the bottle of champagne or whatever was there. And then I had to go, "Whoa, like, fucking, let's just have a think here, like, what." You know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over yeah. and over again, expecting a different outcome. I'm like, right, the only thing I know is if I do something different now, I'm going to get a different outcome tomorrow than I had previously. So previously, I got on the bag straight away, got on the piss, spent all the money that I got from the fight that night. Okay, so okay, how about this? Tell everyone that you're going to go to the casino and fucking do the after party and everything. Turn your phone off, go pick your daughter up, mm. go home, wake up sober with your money. That's a start. And I'm like, this is the fittest I've ever been. So if imagine I could do this another six weeks again where I'd be, you know, and, mm. and I kind of got interested in that because I've already had these, this outcome before. So woke up the next morning, sober as a judge, went and had a coffee on the beach and really just enjoyed it. And I rode the high from winning all day, man, the natural high, you know, as opposed to coming in charged up and then trying to charge myself up even more. You know, you come down like a fucking Led Zeppelin the next day, you know. Uh, and I guess... Um, I knew that I didn't want to fight anymore after that, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not saying I never will ever again, but at the point in time, that was it. I wanted to do that last one for me. So then it was like, okay, what are we going to do now? I know I need to do something because I know if I don't have something to focus on, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to the old habits. Okay. So like, so you, you've, done, you've done with the Muay Thai and then where does wh – wh what, what was your first initial, you know, different different sport? Was it swimming? Was it – Cycling well, the or? first one after this fight, because yeah. I've always done a bunch of different sports when I was younger, but the first thing I did after before this, it was before the fight actually, I ran a half marathon, the Gold Coast half marathon in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never ran further than 10Ks ever. Yeah. And this is where I go to your perceived ceiling. So I'm like, I'm going to do the half marathon, you know. And <laughs> I've got a story about my, my first uh, half. And in my head, yeah. I could maybe think that I might be able to mm. run 21.1Ks, right? Yeah. Sounds absurd now. At the time, that was my... I'm like, fuck, maybe I can do it. This is fucking wild, man. Mm. And I ended up getting through it. I'd done it. And I felt like I did it. Because my mind thought that that was my 100%. Mm. So I got through it and I was, fuck, cooked for days. You know, absolutely cooked. And then I realised uh, not too long after that, like, maybe you can go a little bit more. And mm. maybe you can go a bit more. And what was in that that I was only allowing myself to believe I could go that far you know you always look back and you go oh, how it progressed over time so yeah. you know for my same exact same as you i um <coughs> you know I, uh, half marathon was like i can't fucking run a half marathon yeah, had a really really shit day at work so bad mentally for me i went i'm going home I'm sitting in my room on my bed photos of my kids come up from kindy and like cool yeah charged up i'm like what am I fucking doing? What am I fucking doing? Got up, 
ran from uh, West Burley all the way to, um, oh, God, Karawa yep. Surf Club. Brody. Just kept running, kept running, looked down, went, oh, shit, I'm... I'm 10 k's away from home. No way. Didn't bring. I, so I, I I like running without um, music, music in it, yeah. just so I can be with my head. Yep. I've got nothing. Like I can't even get an Uber if I want to. I've got to run home. Love it. Turn around, come back, get over the hill, and I've I've run into you know the house. My my partner's there with the kids, and I just started crying. And I'm like, I just ran a half marathon off a whim, and I thought I couldn't run. Wow. I'm like, okay, what's next? That was the first initial thought. What's next? And then the next was you know a hundred k bike ride. Yep. So I was like, okay, I can do that. And then and then you you know it's twenty twenty hindsight. You look back and go, holy shit! Like the the, the progression. What's next? What's what's yeah, next? Yeah, hundred percent. Which is you know, I love it. Like your whole story, I and, fucking love and, it. And and exactly the same, man. And that all comes down to same with me. It's what your perception of what you're truly capable of is, right? And most of us. Fucking all of us, I think, sell ourselves way fucking too short of what we truly can do. And your mind will allow you to believe whatever you fucking tell it to believe. So if you think you could only do fucking 20 Ks, you're right. If I think I can only do this, I'm right. If you think you can do 200 Ks, you're right. You know, it's whatever you tell yourself is true. So it's all about the perceived ceiling. And then I guess talk about the finish line mentality after that i realized like there can never be a true finish line of whatever it is you might cross a line or you might do something but there has to be something to go to otherwise you get the used to be mentality you know i used to be this i used to do this and i had that mentality before i hit me rock bottom i used to fight i used to fucking Mm. do this i fought on tv before i used to you know and then there's a saying, used to bees don't make fucking honey anymore. Mm. You know, basically you're fucking useless. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. you used to do this. Cool. What are you doing now? Mm. You know, and it doesn't have to be anything of any great magnitude, but you need to be striving towards something. You might be 80 years old and you used to be able to run 100 mile races every three weeks. Now, guess what? You're fucking 80 years old. You've got a new bar. You might just walk a certain track every day, but you have to have a bar. You have to have something that you're striving towards. To, to keep going and to and to keep being better because you can never get to a point where that's it i've hit the top and there's nowhere i can go i can't progress i can't be better because you can always be better it might only be a little bit better but you can always be better so yeah, I, I love that with you know that there can't be a finish line because so for you guys the listeners um just on the wheel two weekends ago uh trent and i did the glass house 100k race um trent came third and i came ninth um, but one of the takeaways I took from that was, you know, I I knew from a, a well, when I did the seventy k after I finished that seventy k in April, I, I went into that slump because I thought I've I've reached my that's my maximum seventy k yeah. holy shit, so I've gone into this real deep depression uh, straight after, and I'm messaging people going, shouldn't why am I feeling like this? Because I gave myself that finish yeah, line, hundred percent. And then talking to you that morning of the race. Like, you know, what's next? You know, think about what's going on next because I already knew and you knew that you were going to finish that 100. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to finish the 100. So I'm already thinking, could I do 100 miler? Could I do something bigger than that? But still be in the, you know, be present in that race. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, look, I the whole your, your whole mindset just around sport, like just pushing yourself to that to that limit, like – you know, and, and I've seen your training week. So, what like, what's a typical training week for you? You do, 
like typical training week, I try and do three of every discipline. Uh, you know, usually two sessions a day. One session a day on Mondays, I'll swim 4K in the morning. Physio session uh, Monday night. Uh, yesterday, I did four sessions. Yeah. I did, uh, I don't know, half hour or something, run in the morning. Then I did jiu-jitsu. Then I did weights. And then I did an hour on the bike. Right, I don't usually do four sessions. I only realised that today. I'm like, fuck, I did four sessions yesterday. Uh, today I'll do two sessions. So I did a 10K run this morning. After mm. this I'll do a 4K swim. Uh, to Thursday, to Friday, and then my long sessions are Saturday, Sunday. So mm. I'll either do like a, a long bike ride, which is about two, two and a half hours, and then about a half marathon every, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I train seven days a week. So my biggest question for you as now being a father of two, how, how, so (coughs) the the biggest thing. How do you get the time? We've all got time. Yeah. That's the fucking thing that people don't realise is that we have so much time. Oh yeah, definitely. How do you balance that? Because, you know, with triathlon, especially triathlons, there's an actual percentage, I think it's like, it's quite high, 30 to 35% of professional triathletes or who train. I'm just going off what I remember yeah, being told. Yeah. They separate with their, their wives. Yep. And they have actually quite a broken family because of, you know, that sort of um, the, the, the lifestyle they're living. They're gone. They're not, you know, they're yeah. never there. But I can see, and I know for a fact, you're a family man. Yeah, 100%. You're, you're a proper dad. Yeah. How, how do you balance that? And, and, and is it a balancing act or... Is it more just comes naturally to you or you've had yeah, to work I guess it? it comes, now it comes a little bit naturally to me. I mean, you know, for me, training or the family, it's the family will come first, right? But I'll still get the training. This is the thing. Mm. So, like, a couple of mornings in a row, my I've got a five-month-old. I've got a five-year-old and a five-month-old. She was awake in bed with mum super early, like, you know, just before five. I got up to a session. I could hear her. Okay, I'll take her for a walk on the beach. Take it for a walk on the beach. You take those moments and realise that you don't have to be as rigid as you can. Like, mm-hmm. I'm giving you an outline of my typical mm-hmm. week, but that's what I want to get done. Mm-hmm. How I get that done is however I get it done. You know what I mean? I might finish here now, and I usually pick my daughter up from kindy the Sabo. Mm-hmm. I might go back and see her for a bit, meant to meet up with a mate for dinner at six. You know, who knows? I might not get the 4K swim out today, but I will do something. I might hop on my indoor trainer for an hour and a half if, if, the, time does, if the world's down the line, right? Uh, but I'll get that 4K swimming first thing in the morning. And I think it's being flexible uh, to work around life, right? The, mm. You know, the life just determines on how you schedule your own workout schedule, right? So I might have to be here, I might have to be there, and it comes down to planning your time, you know, be prepared. And if I've got to be somewhere, at, I remember going on a fishing charter for, with customers at work, I had to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and do my bike ride. I did it, you know, because... It's something that has to get done. And when it, it comes to personal development and personal growth, there is no compromise. Mm. There can't be any compromise, you know. you know. And it's hard for me to say, you know, sometimes you might get a t- – no, mm. fuck that, you know. Because if it does happen, mm. it's not meant to happen. Because the minute that you let, allow yourself to think sometimes it might be all right, then that sometimes will creep around the corner every fucking time. So you've got to keep that mentality, No. No negotiation, no compromise. We can't do it now. When can we do it? Can't do it now. When can we do it? You know, and a lot of the times uh, I'll sleep in. I slept in this morning. You know, I was meant to do a swim this morning, and run the sabo, mm. and I slept in. Didn't get up. My sleeping was like ten past five. <laughs> yeah. Right, 
Um, so I did a run. Um, so but you're still working in between. This is I work yeah. full time, yeah. So yeah. I'm in my work year at yeah. the moment, as you know. I've, yeah. I've come out of work. So I still work and still spend a bunch of time with my family and still find it because there's 24 hours in the day. So exactly. I try and win the morning super early. And, mate, I guess, put it this way, you finish a full day of work. Let's say you're going for a 10K run at night, you know. Some people t- take an hour. Some people take – mine's about 48 minutes cruising. Um, if I can't do all my shit and I guarantee you'll find that 48 minutes to watch fucking TV or watch the news and get fear-mongered into all the shit that might never happen but this fucking thing is telling you what you should be afraid of and what you need to do. That time that, that you're doing that or you're watching old mate renovate a fucking bathroom on the block mm-hmm. is when you could be – Doing shit for yourself. So I have a so I set up the um, screen time thing on my on my phone. Yep. Because I'm sick of just being on my phone, and it, that, again, that's another addictive thing. Oh like, yeah. You know, swapped it. Swapped addictions. Anyway, I, I I look at my <coughs> phone. I'm going okay. How many for, for the week? How many hours per day am I looking at my phone? And then I go okay. I had a look last week just because I was just in rest mode. It's on my fucking phone five hours a day yeah. five hours a day i could be doing something else oh yeah for the circumstances i could understand with the break and whatnot um but you know yesterday i only i knew i had to go to a dinner you know, last night um so i only had my lunch break which is an hour mm-hmm. so i got in a quick 5k i yep. knew i had to go out and back but i still got something done yeah, that's it I'm, I'm guessing you may, you know, people look at you and they label you and go, yeah, this guy's crazy, this guy's... You yeah, know, they, they love labelling, Yeah, labeling, because it labeling. takes away from what they know that they should be doing. Mm. So it's easy to say you swap one... That's this the usual saying, you swap one addiction for another, you know? No one ever says, oh, you swap one pattern of bad behaviour for a pattern of good behaviour because it's all an allotment of time and it's whatever you do with that allotment of time. Mm. So you could say you're addicted to the phone, you can say you're addicted to whatever you want. If me saying you're addicted to that allows me to validate that what I'm doing is okay and you're different and mm-hmm. it's too much exercise is bad and all that shit, then you're never going to get anywhere. So, you know, it's cool for people to say that and they, they're right to, to, to feel that. And I guess the main thing is if you're happy, just do it. So if you're happy not doing anything, then this message or whatever we're talking about doesn't apply to you. I guess you probably concur with me. The main audience that you want to convey the message to is the people that need to hear it and the people that want to hear it and the people that want to be better and know that they're stuck in a rut at the moment and they don't know where to fucking start, but they know they need to do something and they need to to change something drastically in order to get a different outcome in the next 10, 15 years. And that's why I always put all my shit up. And just to show that you you just got to stay on the fucking grind. You got to stay in it, man. Got to stay sharp. You know what I mean? You got to stay in it every fucking day, every day. You got to be. You got to think about what the people, other people aren't doing. Not comparing yourself to them, but going, what would the regular, mm. which we would what people call regular, people not be doing to get anywhere of any difference to the herd? I must do something different. You know. But then, as soon as you do that. Oh, this guy's crazy. Well, that's good because it's better to walk alone in the right direction than follow the herd in the wrong direction. Oh, you're just full of these, aren't you? 100%, Ooh, man. 100%. It is, though. You know what I mean? Mm. 100%. So, um, yeah, where were we, mate? Um, breaking it down from how I, f- how I fit the time in, man. And my, like, everyone, first question that someone was, how do you deal with it all the time? Mate, I'll go out, I'll run a half marathon, and I get back at 6.30, 6 o'clock. They're not even awake yet, bro. They're mm. not even awake. Oh, mine both are. You know? <laughs> Sometimes they are, right? Sometimes my five-year-old will wake up some, 
five month old sometimes at four forty, five o'clock. But the majority of the time, they, they sleep pretty good, and they might not sleep very good, right? So go at two o'clock in the morning then, if you've got to get back before they get up. Find whatever works for your family. Your family there's always an excuse. If always. Your family early rises. Go to bed early. Sleep faster. <laughs> but this is the thing. Yeah. Like, there's people out there doing a fucking million times more things than I'm doing. You know, and they seem to get it done. So people running countries, not very good. You know, we probably shouldn't use that analogy at the moment because these guys are a bunch of absolute fucking imbeciles. So let's just say people that are running really successful businesses and companies that are doing really good shit, right? And, and they've got enough time to do it, you know? So it's all about your time management, man. And like you said, if you break it down, how many hours you spend on the phone, how many hours you watch shit, how many hours you fucking scroll through the news, and we all do it, man. Fuck. Like, I'll wake up, first thing I do sometimes, just go bang. Scroll through shit that I've already seen the night I before. I Ten oh. minutes later, you're like, well, fuck. You know, so we all do it. It's just being aware of it and, and trying to be better. And I guess if it comes down to it and you, you actually can't get what you want done, like you said, get what you can done. So anything's better than nothing. That's what I just don't think real, uh, people really don't understand that concept of breaking it down to, you know, doable chunks exactly like with any ultra event anything like that just don't look at the whole thing don't look at the full 24 hours break it up into okay you've got eight hours of work blah 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 blah. that leaves you with two hours to do something here could be anything yeah but you know i i think a lot like what you just said i think i'm going <coughs> to clip as well because a lot of people need to realize that you know i've we've got kids mm. you know we're, we're full-time parents yeah on top of full-time workers and I'm still, you know, I've had people go, how do you fit it all in? I'm breaking that into bite-sized chunks, stuff that I can manage. And if I don't get in that 5K to tonight due to, you know, kids vomiting or something like that, I'll make sure I'm up the next morning going out and doubling what I was, you know, my training. Exactly right. Whatever it is, you just got to get it done. That's the whole tattoo. 100%. Whatever. There you go. Um, exactly right, mate. So, look, let's change the pace a bit. Um this is where I sort of wanted to get into, and we it was inevitable that we were going to get into this. Um, so you've done now eight hundred k's, eight hundred k events to one hundred and sixty k, which you know one uh, hundred milers. Yep. And the biggest one for me that I, not even going to lie, when I found out that you qualified for Kona, yep, I cried. Yeah, man. I'm <laughs> not kidding. I yeah, bro. When I found out you did that. I looked at my partner because I've followed you for I've followed you for a very very long time, and yeah, in a way, you've been <coughs> that for me personally, especially what I've gone through. Very similar, you know. When when you were always saying, you know, making the deposit in the mornings, I start that. I had you in my head <coughs> going, "What what the fuck are you doing? Get up, get yeah. up!" I've had. Love I'm it. not even kidding. Yeah, man, love it. But when I found out you qualified for Kona, that was. So for again for the listeners to qual- to qualify for Kona, the, Kona is your top of the top, your elite, your prestige triathlon, uh, which is Ironman, Ironman yeah. uh, in Kona, Hawaii, and you know to qualify you what's that for your age group you have to do sub ten yeah, or sub you've, eleven. You've got to just get placing. So you've got to get either depending on how many slots I give out. Yeah, gave five slots out my age group. Yeah, and I got fifth got the fifth slot so um yeah goes on goes on what placing you get how many slots mm-hmm. they give out different events they give different slots out um but 
basically out of the entire world, I think it's 86 countries, there's yeah. 2,500 slots out of you know, hundreds of thousands of competitors. So that, that got cancelled? So the Port Macquarie one got cancelled. I was yeah. meant to do that a couple of times and then changed to the Cairns one. And, yeah, I just went up there. It was my first one ever done. Yeah. And I just made a little joke to me missus the day before, and this is where I come with you can't rue yourself out and shit like that, right? And I just said to the day before, you know, you're meant mm. to be nervous about it. I said, look, imagine if this fucking fat, out of shape, ex-fucking drug head bloke rocks up here, does his first time and gets a fucking spot at the World Championships. I'm like, you fucking tell me why we can't do that. Yeah, as like a joke. That's world championships, like, like we're, we're man. joking. I, I was like, I was joking, but there's no reason why it can't happen. You never know what's going to happen on the day. Mm. You know, you had that fucking Stephen Bradbury can't win a fucking gold medal because everyone fell over. <laughs> He rocked up, man. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying, you can never know what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. You can never see what's going to happen. You can just say, let's just give it a shot. Mm. And, um, and yeah, I end up getting the spot. And ironically, the psychologist that I went to uh, see Cliff all them years ago, uh, I didn't realise he was full on into Ironman and mm. he'd always wanted to do one. He's a big knee reconstructions, all this kind of stuff. And the Kona thing was like a massive Everest for him. So sharing that with him was a massively special moment um, for me. So just seeing the progression from where you started to kind of gauge it all out, uh, it was cool, man. And and we're yet to get there yet. It's meant to be next month. It's been obviously cancelled. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to get there next year. But that's definitely probably a highlight of this journey um, so far. So, uh, yeah, like... I, uh for the average person, I don't think they realise how much of it. That, that is a huge, huge achievement, and you know, you're doing it. You you have been invited to go to Kona and and you know verse some of the best, if not the best, in the world. Yeah, which, which is it's know, cool. Uh, it's it's really, really really cool. It, it's awesome just to be able to say you get there and and just have a good day out there and enjoy it. Even know? if you don't compete, you still. No, just just to go there and do it, it's pretty cool. As you yeah, if you if you followed it, that it's you've you've always been intrigued because it comes up on all the videos and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's cool to to see that. But I think that's that's definitely a highlight. But I mean, things like the other weekend when we did that hundred k race, that was way more character building and better for my self development mentally than getting to the world champions would be because I guess. When things are good, they're good. But it's when things are bad is when the true mm -hmm. fucking fruit is formed. You know, that's truly when you're going to battles with yourself, when your mind's working against itself and you come through those, that's the ones and they're the times that build that resilient character to, to kind of withstand not only events, man, that everything that you do in that kind of form, like pushing yourself to the limits, translates into everything you do. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to implore that same characteristic that you built in your family life, you know, your work life, everything else. So it's not just pigeonholed to this ultra running thing. It, 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 that same, it goes to everything, you know. And I've noticed a massive change in my, in my life in general, man, mm. you know, from being depressed to that miraculously disappearing. Everything started to disappear and start getting good when I started to treat myself good. Fun, mm. Funny that, hey? Funny. It's just hard to, hard to realise that. So, um, And look, man, we, we get back into it again. I've got a 105-kilometre race on Saturday. And we just got to show up and give it a go. Just now, what, what you said earlier, you know, you, like you, if you win, you win. If you lose, you, if you don't finish, you don't finish. Like you, you're not setting expectations for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to look at it. Like for me, I knew on that hundred I was finishing it. Yeah. I, I I got to a point where I went, I don't care 
if it takes me 24 hours anymore. I'm just going to finish it. Just to say around 100K for me was, you know, two, two and a half years ago, I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to die. And then to, to turn around and, and go, hey, wait a minute, I just, I turned my life around. Mm. And I haven't, I haven't been happier. Like pushing myself and watching you guys and watching Ryan do what you guys do is inspiring. Man, it's inspiring. Right. And I think a lot of people on the Gold Coast and not on Gold Coast, I think all over the world, see your profile and go, wow, like this guy came, this is a hero story. This is a narrative people can connect themselves to. And you did it. This is no one else. You did this. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And I think it's it's good to realise that we all inspire each other, you know. And, and for half the people that say that I inspire them, I'll have be having an off day and see something from you or see something from someone else and that gives me the spark. So it's about everyone that helps each other and and really focusing on yourself and, and, and comparing yourself to you. Uh, and I just that's why I just keep putting it out there because I want people to see like uh, people, a lot of people be going when's it going to stop when's it going to stop you know just to show it's it doesn't it. ever have to stop man you can just always keep going keep going and that's why I'm an advocate for you know I get messages all the time and I'll just talk to people I don't have any secret formula there's no secret fucking potion there's no secret answer it's just hard fucking work every day that's it it's the only way you're going to get to any success you know you might have a bit of raw talent here and there but if you don't put the work in the fucking bloke that's been working harder eventually will overtake you 100% you know everyone wants the easy of course easy no one wants to put in the work these no, days the brain doesn't want to it's smart it wants to be you know look you get your smartphone does we everything can sit for down you, here yeah. if i'm too hot i can put the aircon on if i'm hungry i can order the food tell him to walk up here bring it in here mm. and and all i have to do is Put it in my mouth and chew it. That's how easy the world has become. And that's why I think uh, contributes to a lot of, you know, people having weak minds. You know, it's not really on them. It's around the society we've created. We've got this, in the easy, in the best way to put it, it's like a, it's easy to be good because everyone is happy being average, right? So it's quite easy to stand out from the crowd because the crowd uh, are, more inclined to do the easy thing and not put pressure on themselves. Yeah. What is it? The, the average person thinks they're better than the average person. Yeah. So they think they're all doing things and stuff, but when you look at the grand scheme, it's like, oh, come yeah. on, you could do so much more. Yeah, and, th and that's okay if they want to do more as well. And I've got to keep remembering that everyone's different, everyone's individualised, but I guess we're doing this whole talk to speak to the people that do want more and they want to know how you get more. Oh, and there'll be people that listen to this and go, I, I think you're both dickheads and I, I, I don't agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and I like that too, man, because, you know, it's, it's healthy to have that, you know, and I don't expect everyone to like that and I expect them to not like that and you do whatever it is that you like. Um, but, you know, you've heard the message and the message wasn't for you, so it's cool, you know. It's, if, 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 like I've always said, if me doing positive by myself affects you in a negative way, that's, that's you. on you. That's not on me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a dickhead... Maybe that's actually you Who's the dick talking head? about yourself just at me, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just good to be able to to put the story out there and, and just show that you can get it all back, man. Like, yeah, I said I lost it all. You, you skipped to not even four years later, man. I've uh, got my partner back. We had a second daughter. I got a new job, which is off the tools, you know, got a company car, got all that, bought my first property, mm. you know? 
all this good shit started happening when I started to treat myself right. So everything started to fall into place. And not saying that everything's going to fall into place for everyone and I'm sure bad things happen, but nine times out of the ten, you're not going with, at life with the right mindset. You know, oh, 100%. basically, you know, you can think that the world's happening to you or you can just think the world's happening and these are just things that happen, you know. Uh, and I guess something that brings me really back to it and it's a, it's a bit of a... It's not very happy times. That Cliff Batley that I talked about that's taught me everything that helped me, he killed himself, man, last Friday night. Mm. Killed himself. Done. And when you realise that even the pe- the people that help everyone, right, and they're the most well-equipped people can succumb to their own dark thoughts, it really hits home that maybe talking isn't enough. And maybe just us being, talking and getting aware isn't enough. And it's not because there needs to be some sort of action, you know. And, you know, knowing that someone out there that helped me at my lowest of lows where I thought maybe that was my viable option is to not be here anymore, to then turn around and, and take his own life, it's like, man. That's tough. That's really tough, that's man. Really tough. And I just, you know, I just kind of just want to, give my utmost respect to the man and if anyone that knows me knows how much that guy helped me and I wouldn't be able to sit here and talk about my story and tell you all these great things if he didn't help me so I just um it really puts everything in perspective man because I mean it's never over unless you give up on yourself till then it's never over man so um yeah bro and then how in your in your how are you coping with everything like of course (coughs) It's Obviously, hard, yeah. super, super sad, man. When I found out, I found out of someone and I called him because they're like, didn't you know? I'm like, well, no, I, I speak to him. I just spoke to him last night or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was super sad, man, like devastated, crying, everything, as you go through grief when you lose someone that means something to you. And then I guess, you know, we had a bit of a memorial thing for him and if anything, it just has helped me reiterate that I'm on the right path and that I must stay on this path and I must take any good that he's done when he's done a shitload of good and continue to flow that on to people that I meet and people I come into interactions with and and um, stay strong. And, and, and I guess doing all the shit that you do helps you or you allows you to be more adapted to, to handle life's challenges because they're going to come. Man. Eventually we're all going to succumb one way or another. So uh, it, It's funny because you look... And all the all the things you've done, and I I reckon, you know, ultra endurance sport are one of the best ways to figure out any life problem. In, instead of doing, you know, of course we all need therapy, but there is no doubt in my mind for me, maybe you, yep. that I wouldn't be able to handle some of the shit I've gone through if it wasn't for you know being able to push myself and, and having those inter- that internal dialogue. You know, and uh, I think that brings it back to on your you know let's go let's go back to uh you know what what was one of the worst runs or or endurance events that you've had that you could say there was a straight correlation between feeling that bad and pepping yourself back up and then you know what what's happened with you know cliff and being able to pep yourself up and go hey this is life i've done this before it's okay um, if that makes sense. Well, what was my like worst time that I yeah, think? Yeah, do you rec- do? You, okay, well, do, let me rephrase. Do you think that there is a direct correlation between endurance sports like this 
and you know having having stuff like this. One hundred percent. And the coral, yeah, I get you. The, the correlation that I make is life's all about ups and downs, right? Dark, light, good, bad, mm-hmm. right? So in these endurance events or in these long distance things, you're going to go through major ups and major downs. Now, because everything's translative, those downs that you're in and they get really dark, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you've been up for fucking 18, 20 hours and everything's saying no. And you're, you're basically, I guess I'd put it like the same feeling you feel like when you're at your lowest of lows in life. So how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you conduct yourself in those dark moments when it gets light again you've built this character out of the darkness to be able to not only enjoy the light but to be able to be more adapt for when the darkness comes not if it comes but when it comes again right so i believe in a hundred mile event a hundred k event you might go through as many ups and downs as most regular people will go through in a year or two you know what i mean in 12 hours 13 hours it's, yeah I, I, you know what i mean i listened to a podcast with you mentioned that and it was like that is that is so true you know three years of therapy condensed into 12 hours 100 percent. and the thing is you teach yourself how to get out of those bad situations 90 percent of the times so not only does it build your resilience in your character it reiterates to you that you're the one that's going to get you out of the bad shit you know you're the one that's going to be able to get yourself out of the darkness so then when things like you know unfortunate things happen in life you're allowed to be sad and the reason you got emotions that your emotions are there because you're meant to feel them. They don't they wouldn't exist if you're not meant to have them. You're meant to have them, right? But you're meant to be aware of them and you're meant to not act on them all the time. You're allowed to feel them. So, you know, don't do things on emotion, they say. Don't purchase things on emotion, don't write messages on emotion, you know what I mean? And that's because it's okay to feel that emotion, but then it's the meaning that you attach to it. If you're aware of it, then you can you can kind of get it, get yourself out of doing things you might regret, but that's the correlation that it have, you know. Life is hard. These things are hard. How you get through them is how it translates over to everything else, you know. That's my correlation anyway. So I think that... I I completely... Yeah, no. And also I believe that being a dad that I'm setting an example to my children and showing them what a good life looks like and showing them at hard times or arduous times how you should conduct yourself. And I believe that if I give up, then I'm showing them that that's what you should do. So How old's your, your... Five... Five years old and five months. She only said to me the other day, Dad, why do you train so much? Why are you on that so much? I'll ride my bike and watch TV with them. On my, you know, why do you train so much? So don't you like me exercising? She goes, yeah, yeah. Why do you do it so much? I'm like, you'll, you'll see one day. You know? One day that, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people whose parents smoke or drink a lot, they turn out to smoke or drink a lot. You know, What your kid sees, you know, hopefully she will do. And it doesn't mean that she'll work out all the time, but she might do something that she's really into and go, Remember, Dad used to dedicate himself to that shit so much. I'm that into ballet or I'm that into this. I'm going to employ that same discipline and mentality into, into trying to get the best out of whatever chosen field that I want to do, you know? But just showing her that you must do things even when you don't want to do it. Oh, 100%. I think it's invaluable. I think, so. yeah, yeah, that's... No, I, I, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to hear that because I, I know a few, a few dads who have become single dads recently and, you know... You, they blame the world for their problems and it sucks because this this daughter or son is, is growing up without that role model and, and you know, we're lucky enough to, to have that mindset. We're, we're lucky enough and some people and some kids never get to see that. And, you know, it, to hear that is like fucking... I, I, 
love it because I'm a dad as well, yeah. and I can relate to that. You know, I love when <coughs> Lily will wake up, and or even on the even on that hundred k, just being able to go, you know, FaceTime, have a look at her, and she goes, "Daddy's running." Yeah, it's like, "Yep, love she, it. you run, you're running, you're running," and then she would go run around the couch and come back and go, "I'm running," and it's like, yep. "Okay, so you know, I can understand." Monkey see, monkey do, mate. That's exactly it. So. Yeah. I don't know if she'll become an ultra runner. She's doesn't have to be, but at least she'll see that you're doing something that you enjoy, mm. and hopefully she employs that same characteristic in whatever it is she enjoys. And I think it's up to us as parents not to have any expectations of them because they're their own humans, and they might want to actually do something that is totally left field to us. But I just want to make sure if you're going to pick something, mm. do it. Whatever it is, if you're happy, do it. And it's okay to change, but just make sure that you. You're trying to be better in whatever it is that you're doing, you know. And if you change into something else, try and be better in that, you know. Try and do something all the time. Work on something. You know, it's okay to chop and change. I was a fucking fighter for 13, 15 years it ended up being. Now I do other things, you know. But I realised that I was getting labelled as a fighter and putting a label on yourself a lot of the time doesn't allow you to freely explore other things because you feel like you've got to live up to this unnecessary expectation or label of yourself that you haven't even put on yourself. The minute you start calling yourself an ultra runner or calling yourself a fighter or calling yourself this, then you are those things. That's why I just call myself a endurance athlete. Yeah, you know? do what that means. You can do whatever the fuck Anything you want. Anything I want. 100%, exactly. And I just, yeah, like to, you know, keep my eyes on, on what's to come, what's to come, what's to come. I think it's like a perfect way to of land land this this what we've just done um what's next what what, what, what do you, have you got plans of, of course there's no 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 end to what you're doing and and i completely understand that but is there you know, you've got kona coming up what, what what are your next big races or what, what what are you training for for the next big thing so i make sure i train all the time irrespective i had a bunch of races cancelled the last few months Kept training as always. Um, doing 105k on Saturday at the Scenic Rim. Uh, then I don't know, man. I think there's a 50k Gold Coast 50. There's a couple of triathlons. I just got an invitation to a thing called Ultraman. Have you heard of that? So it's. I ha- how did I know it was going <coughs> to head that way? So I just got an invitation. Yeah, invitation to Ultraman. So Ultraman is like an Ironman, but it's an Ultraman. So it goes for three days. Day one's 10k swim. And 140k yep. on the bike. Day two is a 281 kilometer bike, and then day three is a double marathon. So, I'm doing that in May next year. Try to get in the last couple of years, but I was a bit too late. So, doing that, uh, and I kind of just, you know, I entered that 100k on the Wednesday. It was a Saturday. Mm. You know, I kind of just train all the time and stay ready for something to come up. And I guess there's no real, just whatever tickles me fancy when I see it. Mm. You know, if it looks shit or it looks hard, I'll do that. I'd love to get overseas and do some mm. some events overseas. Um, but there's a bunch of ocean swims and that that come up in summer. I, l- I really like to do that, so I'll give them a go. See, I, ocean swimming scares the fuck out of me. It's it just all the more reason you should do it. Open. See, I used to be a bodyboarder. Yep. You know, I used Same to be here. sponsored in that for bodyboarding yep. and all that, doing love comps. It. And as soon as I looked down <coughs> the water, shit myself. Yeah, right. Um, I, it's, uh, there's like a proper phobia for it. Uh, it's a name for it. Like if I look down the water... Unless I'm actually underwater, I can't look down and go, oh, shit. So me, you know, swimming, I always have this feeling there's something under me like yeah, that. Yeah, right. So I just keep it in the pool. I'm stoked with that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Might be something you might want to look into. Yeah, face your fears. You never know. So, 
yeah, do do a couple of those. Kona, hopefully next year, and just whatever else, man. Another hundred miler. Just keep doing it. See, this is why I keep going back doing the same things. Eight, you know, because I think that you can always get through something once. I think the true character and the true resilience is built going back to that and knowing how shit it was. And like the first hundred miler that I did was fucking shit. Took me 27 hours, man. I was broken. I was at what I thought was 100%. Got through it. And I was like, I have to do it again. I have to do it again. Was that on the same night? Yeah, well, I just knew that I was. I had to do it again. Oh, man. Because so. that, that 100K, when I finished, <coughs> cried, really happy I finished it. But I'm like, I'm, I'm still able to walk. Mm. I'm not done. Yes. I, I'm, I'm finished when I'm David Goggins things. I'm finished when I'm done. 100%. I, I you know... The day after, I'm like, I'm going to do that again. And I think I'm now completely and utterly addicted to these proper ultras. Yep. And it's not for the sake of going, oh, I did run 100K. It's like what I found out about myself during that's that run. That's the addictive thing. And that's the addictive thing. The things and that I, you learn about yourself. You know, opening opening your mind to different parts of yourself. Um, You know, uh, you know Courtney Dew, Dewalter? Yeah, 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 I don't know her. Yeah, but yeah I know who she is. I know of her. She does the pain cave and she she just says, I'm just, every single time I'm out here doing it, I'm chipping away at a different part of the pain cave, just like a mine, yep. just going to different parts of a brain, opening new doors. And that 100K, I was blown away with what I found out about myself that yeah. I'm not done. I'm only yeah. just getting started. 100%. I got the same analogy. It's like, it's like you start knocking the dust off these doors in your brain that you didn't know were there and they've, they've, been in your vision now for the first time and then you slowly start to open them one by one and there's little compartments inside yourself that you never knew were there yeah and there's an infinite amount of those doors it's just how many do you want to fucking rattle the dust off that you can see you know i don't think that it can ever stop you know and yeah it's just about going back at time and time and time and time again and and you know if we're going to land this i guess you know i'd just like to have a message out there that you know cut the shit First of all, if there's an issue and if your missus did leave, maybe it is for an unfortunate circumstance, she cheated, right? But a higher volume of the time, maybe have a look what you were fucking doing in that. And it's okay to blame someone or whatever, but it's never going to get you any better. You can always be better. And there's always things in a relationship or in life that you are doing wrong and that you should probably take ownership of. And, and, and not only <clears throat> because you're going to be better, as a person, it'll make you feel better as well, you know, because deep down we all know that, you know, there's things that we're doing that aren't optimal and we don't really want to take ownership of it because then we're going to address the problem. So just start with that and manage your time right, man, and write down what you want and just go for the fucking things every single day and you'll get there eventually. Cool. That's it, man. I think that's a perfect way to wrap all this up. Yeah. I think it's a really good way to wrap yeah, all cheers, this up. Cheers, man. Come back down. It's good to have a chat. And, um, yeah. Well, finally, after... Fuck, it's been ages just trying to G this up. Yeah, man. And you know, we finally did it. How do you feel? Good, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, mate. It's like a counselling session, just talking. And yeah, it's it. good. I love it, man. And I think, you know, so many of us are, are exactly the same. And I think... I think um, everyone can just help each other, man. Like, now I need people to talk to all the time too. No one's immune to this shit, so. Oh, man, no one. No one at all. All right, man. Cool. Peace. Wrap it up. Thanks, bro. No Later. Thank you.